Hey, everybody. WFO. How's everybody doing out there? Joe Costello with you. Getting ready for the final Southern Nationals at Atlanta Dragway this weekend. I'm getting ready to head up there to the Dirty South, and I'm excited. I got my Warbird shirt on. Thank you, John Clegg. Appreciate it. And uh, I am super excited about our show here today because we got the champ, Steve Torrance, who got his first win and is also the most recent winner on the tour. So bookending like all races over the past uh, several years. He won in Atlanta uh, way back in the day and now is going to try to close that place down. Steve going to be joining us just seconds from now. Want to tick through the people who make it possible for us, though, to do this show. And then we're going to talk to the champ. He's got a lot going on by the way, but Total Seal Piston Rings, leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Thank you, Matt Hartford and Keith Jones and the entire team over there. 40% of your engine's friction comes from your piston ring. Simple as that. They got all kinds of great technology over there for stock and super stock racers, totalseal.com. Marvin Rodak, Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com. Marvin Rodak, he's a guy who uh, loves the Capco boys. I can tell you that for a fact. Uh, Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821, Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com. Samtech.edu, the next generation of engine builders and doers and builders and makers and crew chiefs and programmers are all coming out of Samtech. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys in a few weeks down there in Houston, Texas. And Frank Hawley, what more can you say? about Frank Hawley and Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. They definitely got it going on. But right now, we're going to bring on the three-time champ, the guy who has dominated top fuel for a long time. And if you're running four wide, don't even bother to show up unless it's in a couple of weeks in Charlotte. Then you should definitely show up. Steve Torrance, what's hey. up? How are hey, you? Joe. How you doing, brother? I'm great. What's up, Dad? What's it like <laughs> being a dad, Steve? Forget all this racing stuff. You created a life. The life is on the earth. You're responsible for the life. How does it feel? It's an amazing feeling. I mean, it's it's truly an indescribable feeling until you're a parent and and you just don't understand it. And then uh, right now it feels like sleep deprivation. But uh, my wife's getting the worst end of that deal. But it's going really good. I've enjoyed her the whole time. And you know, it it's neat to be able to go home every day and she looks different. So uh, just a little person growing up. Well, exactly. But. You know, you, you said it on the show and it was really, uh, it was genuine. Obviously you could see, it's like, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And you had no idea that being a dad would make you feel the way it does. And you showed it to everyone. And now you know how your parents feel about you. And that's got to change a lot, right? Like you now get what Billy and mama Kay went through with you and your, you know, your health issues and all of that. You understand so many different things now from like one month to the next. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from one moment to the next, you, you, you understand just the love that you can have for your child. And, and it's, I mean, like I said, it's indescribable. You just don't know until you, until you're there. So it, it's been a, a very exciting, emotional, unique, great experience. And I, I mean, I'm, I look, I'm looking forward to every, every aspect and everything that happens and just, I'm excited about it. Well, we're four years, 11 months away from junior dragster shopping. So we still got a, we got a little bit of time uh, with that. So let's talk a little drag racing uh, until we get there. The picture of the Wally though was really, uh, you know, the scale. Yeah. That was it, the best. Yeah. You know, it was, I woke up that morning, we got home late and, and that didn't come to the race. So she, uh, she, I usually leave the, the Wallies in my pickup, but all my Wallies are here in my office at, at Capco. So, uh, she went out and she 
took that Wally and took a picture of Charlie with it. And she said, I got a picture of baby girl with it, with the Wally already. So I think you guys probably, uh, thought I had some good photo skills, but Nat's the one with the photo skills. Nat's the one with the photo skills. She's yeah. got a lot of the game. And th that makes sense. People checking in, Roger Richards checking in, uh, people checking in saying, what's up doing WFO kind of at a new time. I think you should have brought the baby on the show for us. Happy birthday to your dad. Yeah. What about that? Like all the Torrances are born in one month. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the 17th. Mama K's the 18th. My dad's the 28th. Uh, my little girls is the seventh and we have multiple other family members, my aunt and my cousins that are all in April. So it's, it seems to be the, the month of the Torrances. I like it. I like it. All right. So let's go back to four wide Vegas, which is why we're speaking with you here today. But the reason I pushed you back right before Atlanta is because this is where you won your first race. And I know you're going to have a lot to say about that, but four wide, you used to hate it. A long time ago, now you love it, and you probably are the best four-wide driver out there. Five of the last six, the odds, like if we could calculate the math about how even as great as your team is, to be able to win five out of six, four-wide, something about it, what's up with that? You know, honestly, it's I never hated it. I just wasn't a fan of it. Uh, as far as everything you do, the 20... The 22 other races now that we race a year, it used to be the 23 other races. That's a different format. And so it was, uh, no matter how much you go up there and tell yourself, okay, I'm in lane two and I'm looking on the left side of the tree, but I'm really in the right lane. When you get in the car and you start, the car, the car starts and you go up there and you stage, all of your thought process goes out the window and you're completely relying on instinct and just routine that you do and so it changes that and and i'm a creature of habit i do the same thing all the time um with with anything so it surprises me that i've done well at it because i just i, I think it makes you really buckle down and focus a lot more than than you normally do um but yeah we've had a lot of success at it we've we've done really well and I, I don't know what to attribute that to other than the, the guys that were the Capco boys, Richard and Bobby and Justin and every one of those guys. I mean, time in and time out, they give me the, the best race car at the place. And, it, and you go out and you drive it and it puts pressure on me as a driver because I know that my car is is pretty much 100 percent of the time where it needs to be. And if it's not, you know, you 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 have to step up. So um, I think. I was way late first round. I had like a 120 or something, but you also go up there and, and, and have in the back of your mind, don't mess up A to B and just see if we can get by this round. And then we'll really step up our program and try to go second round, third round, final or whatever. So um, it's as I've, as I've progressed in my career, I think you, you handle every round different. And that's, I think that's what we did there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to break you down here or anything, but the emotional stuff, like the team has experienced just a lot of emotional stuff. You know, you talk, it's like today's your, your dad's birthday. No, you know, all right. Happy birthday, Billy. Love Billy. Maybe we'll be talking to Billy next week. Like we don't know the way he runs. Uh, didn't he win super comp in Atlanta a couple of years back? Right. Like he, he did. We, we won the fuel rate. We won in, in top fuel and he won in super comp. That was a pretty special day. 
So, like, I'm always hitting you. I would love to hit you with, like, Steve, isn't it badass to go 330 miles per hour? Yeah. But there's a lot of emotional stuff going on with your team. And, you know, Dominic standing on the starting line, the birthdays, the birth of Charlie, like all of that kind of culminating in Vegas. Um, that's got to be a very memorable race win for you. Oh, man, it was so cool. Um, and I take that back. We didn't win on the same day. I, I think we got beat, but Billy won. So we all were just happy anyway. Um, yeah, Vegas was was a culmination of my birthday was on Saturday. My mom's birthday was on Sunday. Charlie's first race or, or my first race as a dad, she wasn't there. But getting the win and, and being able to take the Wally home to her and then, you know, Dom's there. Dom was back with us in Gainesville, and and you see him go up there on the starting line when we're testing at West Palm, and and it brings a tear to your eye because maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't know that Dom was really close to not being here, and so I mean that was a, a, a just a traumatic experience for everyone, and sh nothing short of a miracle from from the grace of God, and and just Dom's pure driven determination to get better and get back and 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 live and and so going up to the final round there at vegas i see him sitting on the golf cart over there and i know that he's walk, he's gonna walk up on the starting line and then in our cars you can't see anything really that's going on around you the body panels are so high i have a pretty pretty limited view on my visor but you know he's there and and you know he's standing on the start line and and just the emotional roller coaster that we went through with him, um, it it was uh, it was very very trying. I mean, you go up there with a lot of motivation to win and and a different different thing. I mean, because it's it's a happy motivation. It's not it's not the same thing as we when we went to Indy. Uh, the first race after his wreck and, and, and with Jake and Richie and him all not doing very good at all. So different motivation and, and a happy motivation. And we were able to go out there and get the race win. And two or three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, Dom had sent me a picture of him at the house, uh, holding a Wally standing on his legs. And it, and it said, I'm practicing up for this season. So, we 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 got the we got the trophy at the end we go back and and go back to the to the pits and dom's standing right in the middle of pits and i walked straight over to him i handed him wally and i i turned around and i said let's take a picture together brother because you've been practicing for this for a month and uh that was that was a big deal right there man I, it truly was a uh a, a, a race win that will stick out amongst a lot that we've been able to get and, and very fortunate, but that one's going to stick out a lot. Yeah. I, I could tell, I could feel it through the, uh, honestly, I wish I, I could have been there to see that. I could feel it through the TV broadcast though. And yes, uh, I'm pretty close with Dominic and I can't imagine, you know, what's funny though, is like, how do you normalize with Dom? Like, like, okay, that horrible, crazy, amazing, shocking medical, whatever. Okay. That's all over. And it looks like Dom's pretty like, dom like now he's like no you know i don't want to say it's normal dom but it's pretty normal i'm getting texts about the yankees and uh, are you guys like uh is, is it easy to be like normal you know what i'm saying steve you get what i'm saying after that trauma and it's like dom's back it it man 
I don't think that something as tragic could happen to anyone else. I, and I'm just going off of what I, of my, my opinion, but Dom's attitude and just whole positive being, he, you know, it's, it's hard to believe you sit down and you talk to Dom and Dom thinks, man, you know, all these people, uh, are, are supporting me and loving me and doing all this. And he goes, man, I just had an accident on my own. And, you know, he's, he's just such the most unselfish person you'll ever meet. And, and he, uh, he has such a great outlook and such a great support system with, with Sarah, his fiance is unbelievable. I mean, she, she has not wavered one out of the whole time kept him going and and i'm sure that at some point he has some down moments but i've never seen him i mean that guy has been stand up positive attitude the whole time and i think that he's leaps and bounds ahead of what anyone even the doctors thought he would be at this point i mean dom's walking around on his legs he walks up and down the stairs into the lounge at, at in the trailer i mean it's other than him not having his legs, that's Dom Lagana. That's the Dom that we all know. I mean, he's not going to be riding a skateboard anytime soon, but, you know. Well, other, yeah. Hey, don't maybe, count out. Hell, he might. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, he's, he's, you know, it's crazy. And so he got his legs, and he was, like, two inches taller than he used to be. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know about this deal. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And they've been shortening him up a little bit, and he's getting closer back to the to his his regular height. And he said, it's a lot easier to walk, but, um, man, he's no other words to describe Don Lagana than a badass. He's just a badass. And, and, uh, to be able to win that race and, and have him there, you know, it, it, it really, it just, it, it's hard. It was, it was a tough one. Yeah. But good, good, good for you guys to get it done and to do that and to connect it all. And, you know, on with the season, you guys are trying to do something, uh, you know, four championships in a row, uh, someone else out there, one of the other teams, I know they all go to bed at night when they're thinking about who they got to beat. And they're thinking about you guys with exception of Billy, who, you know, he's kind of inside the calls are coming from inside the house. He wants to beat you as well. And, uh, you know, the season really just getting started. We've only had two races. They've been a month apart. It hasn't felt like a flow. We're about to get into a flow now. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's going to be the testament when you kind of can get in a routine and go out to the racetrack and know, okay, well, this is what we did last week and this is what we're going to work towards uh, today. And, and we can go off this backlog, but when you got a month in between, in between races, cause we didn't test anywhere. You just, you go out there and it's like starting new again. And so it'll be nice to go, go out there and get some every other weekend or back to back weekends for a little bit. And, and, just see what we can do because you got to develop a rhythm. You got to get into a groove of going and, and trying to execute, keeping fresh in, in, in the car is the best thing for me as a driver and, and everybody else. Because when you, you drive one month and you wait another month and drive, and then you wait again, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to be really comfortable and really acclimated and, when you go back to back, it just changes that program. You can get in the car and, and be a lot more confident instead of just a little bit rusty. 
I, I imagine that. And you're going to be doing something a little bit differently this weekend. Let's uh, turn our attention to Atlanta. And you're going to be looking at this for the very first time, as are the fans. My opinion as a non-driver is that it's very good because fans are telling me all the time, Steve, well, we don't know when they're staging. We just can't see if we happen to be standing right to the side of the tree. We can't see them staging. So we don't know when to, you know, to cover our ears. We don't know when the action is going to happen. So I'm looking at this as like a very modern upgrade to the tree. You're the driver. All right, driver. What do you think of this? From, from my perspective, I, I don't think that the tree will be any different. I, I do think it's great for the fans so that you can see from the side view what's going on because a lot of the a lot of the fans that are sitting directly there looking at the starting line are missing the stage bulbs they're not seeing if this guy's taking long or this guy's bumping in so i mean they're going to see how quick the staging process is and and just get a better uh ready set go here we are they're fixing to take off because i'm i'm like any fan i mean i wear earplugs but you still cover up a little bit and so you wait for that last stage bulb to come on and you plug gears and you wait and see who's going to kick whose butt or who's going to smoke the tires or whatever. So I'm excited about it. I think it'll, uh, it'll be something that they look up to, uh, or, or look, can look forward to and say, Hey, th this is a better thing for the fans. Well, as a very precise stager, you know, you're always like flickering that bulb yeah. in ways that uh, it's a little nerve wracking for me. <laughs> like, Come on, Steve, get in there. Ah. Um, but uh, everyone will be able to see that very clearly now. Yeah, and and you know, I, I don't know if it's any advantage during uh, eliminations, but in qualifying, if you can flicker the bulb, that means you're as shallow as you can possibly be in there, and that equates to ET. Uh, so maybe the fans will get to see that a little more, and 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 just understand what's going on, you know, because it opens it up for more questions and more. What? Why did you do that? Or why did you go in quick? Or why did you wait? I mean, just. I think it'll it'll let them see more of what's going on. Oh, I totally agree. All right, I want to. We're going to Atlanta Dragway for the final time. That is where you got your first top fuel win. We just talked about your dad winning Super Comp a couple of years ago. So I'm going to flash you a couple of pictures your way, and and just like let's reminisce a little bit about this space. We're all sad. It's a bummer. Uh, we hope somewhere soon there'll be a new track built, and and we always want new tracks, but been a lot of good memories at, at Atlanta. I've had a couple, you've had more. So let's, uh, let's look at, uh, you know, for instance, sharing the winner's circle with Ron Caps, which you have a few times in Atlanta. And is that Andrew Hines right there? Yeah, that's, uh, no, look, that's not Andrew. That's, that's Eddie. That, yeah, that's Eddie. And then, uh, skinny Greg Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I, I'll never forget that. That was, that was Atlanta 2012. We had just started the team at the end of 11, uh, and, and we had Houston. I think we had left Houston and went to Atlanta. We ran well, I think, got beaten in the, in the semifinals, and, and I was talking to my dad, and I said, man, I can just – I can feel it. You know, I, I think we're going to get there and, and get to that final round. And he said, you're not going to get to the final round. You're going to go win that race. Nice. And uh, – so he, he, he told my mommy, cause he wasn't, he wasn't planning on going. He says, I'm going cause I'm going to go there when they win that race. And, and, and throughout the day, I, I'm like, crap, man, we're going to the final. I mean, we're doing good. We, I think we can do this. And we go to the final and I'm racing Tony Schumacher final round. I was in the right lane. He was in the left lane and, and, and like, 
it's crazy because sometimes I can't remember what I did this morning or who, uh, what I had for breakfast, but I can remember certain rounds of racing like they were yesterday. And, and, uh, it was, it was a special deal, you know, I, I, to go out to be an independent single car team, family funded, you know, out of our business and, and go head to head with the big dogs, the baddest guy there's ever been Tony Schumacher and, and win that race. I mean, I'll never forget that day. I mean, you, I can look at Atlanta 2012 and that's where the, the other 40 Wally started. So, um, you know, everybody has a dream and you go out and you say, I want to be a top field driver. And then I got there and I was like, man, I, I just want to, just want to win a race. And then you win a race and, and you, you, you look back and that was just one of the many firsts that we've been able to have as a race team. And that, uh, that built my confidence a lot. That built my team's confidence, Richard Hogan, everybody. I mean, we've been able to surround ourselves with some really good guys and, I remember uh, every one of those guys right there, that picture. I mean, this Gary Pritchett, that's Kale Hood on the back with the TR hat. Those two guys are, are with me to this day. Uh, Papa John, the guy that I'm high-fiving, he retired from racing, works for the, the railroad now. And Scott Vance, he, he's not racing professionally anymore either. He's working at home, working on air conditioning stuff. So, I mean, you know, it, it takes a little while to get the guys that, that you you stay with all the time but i mean we've had a we've been very fortunate and blessed to have some really good crew guys and and they stay around so you look back at that and i mean more than half of that team right there is still with us so it, it was it was a fun cool memorable moment right there amazing um, amazing to see and the fact that you guys are still together in so many ways but look at this guy oh man that guy's skinny yeah what happened <laughs> what happened <laughs> i started eating now i'm a dad yeah yeah he is yeah how, how old are you there steve uh that would be 12 so i was what 30 yeah you look young for 30 though you look good for 30 no 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 that'd be not yeah i'd be 31 yeah all right no all right. The pride, though, man, you could see it in Billy. Oh, you, got me, you got me going backwards. Yeah, I was thirty. All right. Well, look at look at Billy. Now that you're a dad, and think about what he must be thinking right there. Oh man, I don't even want to think about it. It makes me tear up. It's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a proud moment. I mean, you know, I've I've grown up racing with my dad. I learned to race super comp from my dad, and and. To be able to do that with him now, to share the success that we've had together. And, and you know, I look back, I, I shared everything that I've learned about driving a top fuel car with my dad. And, you know, I'm not a good teacher, but I, I was able to, to help him and, and give him all the guidance that I could. And he's won some races, too. So, I mean, it makes you it definitely makes you feel good. Yes. The Vegas thing, though, like what happened there, man, which, by the way, I'm just kidding. But I, no, I, no, I like when... you know, it's one of those deals that just happens. I mean, I've I told him, I said, hey, I'm proud of you for at least just committing, because when yeah. I go up there and do something stupid like that, I never just go all the way at it and say, heck, I'm red. I always double step and try to hold it. Sure. And catch 
So, I mean, I said, you committed. <laughs> you said it's time to go and you went. So right. um, it's just something you do. And sometimes you go up there and he 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 said he thought he had a bad light the round before and he was like 90. I said, man, I was 117 first round. Don't worry about it. Just just get it out of your head and go back up there. And I think he just overthought the situation. And you see, it happens to all of us. I mean, it happens to every driver out there that makes some type of mental mistake. Uh, and it's embarrassing. I mean, it really is to no, really. no, it's embarrassing because you're the guy that you got eight, nine, ten guys working on a race car that prepare it the best they can for you. And they send you up there and you have one job. It's to step on the gas when the light turns on. And Billy didn't see the light, but he stepped on the gas. And so uh, it's it's a long ride back down the return road. And it's a gloomy atmosphere in the pit for a little bit because you just screwed it up for everybody. And you got to take it on the chin and go. But it, it's something that happens to all of us. And I feel bad about it for him. But, I mean, maybe it played to my favor. Maybe it messed everybody else up so bad. I, who knows? But right. It, it is an it, it's an embarrassing thing to to do, but you don't forget it very very quickly. You remember to try to not do that anymore. Sorry to ask about that on your birthday, Billy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Billy. Happy birthday, sorry, Billy. Happy sorry, birthday Billy. Got to bring up the negative, but then people would say that. Cause, okay, one more picture that you got to tell me about because, like this moment in time, who knew what it meant then, but now we know, and I think it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, I got a lot of respect for Don Schumacher. I mean, he's he's accomplished more than we'll ever accomplish. I mean, he's he's built the most successful drag racing team in history. Uh, and I wanted to go racing with Don. Uh, and, and just the opportunity never was right at the time for him or for me or whatever. And, and we decided to go out and do it on our own. And I mean, I, I think that we surprised Don, we surprised ourselves, and, and, and did better than what, um, what you should as a single car team, you know, out right off the bat. And so we, uh, I look back at that photo and, and he, and, you know, no, no hard feelings, no nothing, but he goes, you just can't, Don's a very good businessman. And he said, you, you can't go out here and compete as a single car team. And he didn't mean it with malice or anything, but, it motivated us. It motivated me to, to go out and compete. And so to get that race win against Tony one year after we, you know, we kind of started kicking around that that's what we were going to do. Um, it meant a lot. And, and I've, I've picked on Don a little bit in years past and, and he's, he's always been very good with it and I have a lot of respect for him, but I look back at that photo in particular right there a lot and say, Hey, that really, uh, that motivated me and that was very gratifying for him to come over and shake her hand and say good race too. So, uh, just, just good guy. Good guy. Yes. Well, exactly. And in many ways, like thinking about what happened after that, uh, I don't want to call it a passing of the torch, but just another player in the, in the game. And now to be chasing a fourth straight championship headed to the same location. Uh, how, how, how badly do you want to close this place down with a win? Oh, it would be great. I mean, especially to to bookend it, to say, hey, this is where my top fuel career um, really got its start. I mean, that's where I got my first win. And to be able to end it 
with closing that track out and being the race winner would be ultimate. I mean, I've, it's unfortunate that they're closing. Uh, we've done well there. We've, we've won quite a few races there. I won quite a few races at Englishtown and was able to, to kind of book in that one as well with, with winning the last race at E-Town. So we're going to go there and do the best we can. There's going to be 15 other cars at least there to stop us from doing it. And we'll just do what we can. I mean, I think that, um, I think it'll be a good crowd. I think it'll be a good time and, and it looks like the weather's going to cooperate with us and we'll just go try to put on a show. That's it. And we need that now. And, and that's, I guess the final question. I know you guys, you got to go go to work, man. Steve Torrance has got to go to work folks. This is middle of the day, Wednesday out of nowhere. We're doing this. Thank you, Steve. But we need all our fans. I'm trying to cheerlead on the deal. Some people don't like that, but people have been at home and maybe not able or not wanting or not there's who knows what the reason is. But now as things are opening up, like we need to see our fans out there and there's going to be a good time and it's outside and it's going to be great racing. Like if there was ever a time to go out and get involved and come to a camping world drag race, this is it. This is it. I mean, this really is. And where we're at, you know, it's not too far from Atlanta. I mean, we're just north of town. So if you've never been to a drag race, get out there. Bring somebody that's never been and, and experience it. I mean, I don't have to sell it. It's, it sells itself. And I, I take people, I take clients to the races all the time that have never been to a drag race, never seen it on TV or anything. And when they do, they think, oh, man, this is the most amazing thing ever because you can't describe top field drag racing it's a total sensory sport you have to see it feel it hear it smell it every bit of that and you're hooked and then you go home and you turn your tv on and you're like i gotta turn it up louder i, I gotta get that i gotta get that same feel again and so uh it's i don't know i mean I, if you've never been to one you you i don't know where you've been your whole life but you've not been to the drag races you haven't lived yet yeah yeah simple simple as that i i mean but we're, we're trying and that's it. We got to keep trying. And I like what you said. That's it. The only way is to like take somebody by the hand. Like Mark says that him and his wife are going out to the track this weekend, like go to the track Atlanta dragway. If you're near the area, come on out, Steve. Thank you very much. Thanks for cutting into the middle of your day to spend some time on WFO radio. I really appreciate that the way it's been going though. We're probably going to talk to you somewhere between five and 10 times this year. So uh, we'll try to mix it up a little bit. Last year, we did a takeover of your Facebook page. Who knows what you guys will uh, come up with this year. But thank you. I look forward to it. 21, I'll be there this weekend. Super excited about that. But I'm just really excited about building some momentum and watching some drag racing. So thank you very much for sharing with us here today and coming on the show. Thank you for having me on. And I hope I get to talk to you a lot this year. We look forward to it. Yeah, I think so. Thanks. And, uh, you know, say say hi to Nat, Charlie, and Mama Kay and, and everybody, uh, and we'll see you guys this weekend. I will. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate Bye. it. There goes Steve Torrance with us here on WFO Radio. The champ, the three-time back-to-back champ, got the three-peat going. Oh, yeah. Winning his first top fuel race. He had won alcohol races prior. First top fuel race at Atlanta Dragway. Now, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We got a surprise guest. Like, this is the way it's all been going. Right, we got a surprise guest, people. The way it's all been going, like uh, we tried for yesterday, but there was some testing going on. A lot of breaking news in the world of NHRA drag racing. A lot of things happening. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. Uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle in particular, Andrew Hines, going to be joining us just seconds from now. Going to talk Vance and Hines and their big test and something big that happened and might happen this weekend as we talk Atlanta. But just to put 
uh, a period on the Steve Torrance, you know, Dominic and the, all the birthdays and Charlie coming around and just like all of that. Uh, it has been fun to share that. You got to have good news too. You got to, you know, with the bad news, there's good news. And they've been a source of a lot of the good news uh, over the past couple of years in drag racing. And, but I keep saying it, who's going to knock them off the top? Like who's going to put together a program? Who's going to put together the attitude to come in and do the, the next phase of this? Who knew at that point that that was the beginning of a transfer of power in top fuel? Who knew? And maybe that power is going to transfer back. Maybe it's going to be like the empire striking back depending on who you think is the empire. But um, let's move on and talk a little pro stock motorcycle with this guy. Speaking of many championships and most winningest ever and doing all kinds of great stuff. Mr. Andrew Hines joining us. Andrew, how are you? I'm good, Joe. Hanging in there. 200 miles per hour, brother. You did it. Yeah, I did it. How did, how did it feel? I felt like 199. Okay. <laughs> it was in testing. So, so testing 200s always feel like 199. Exactly. You, know? you hope it's going to be like 203 or something, but it just doesn't happen on the scoreboard. <laughs> no. Most importantly, though, uh, you are back. The numbers and the, the, the details, we'll talk into that. Uh, but, you know, I was bummed. You guys are in many ways, in many ways, the face of uh, the sport for motorcycle fans all the years with Harley Davidson, even prior. Eddie, you have won so many races together. And I know it was only the Gator Nationals in Vegas, but like to not have you out there representing, being a part of it, being in the mix, that was weird as a fan. How did it feel for you? Uh, I'd be lying if I said it was strange, but it was really, I had the pressure on me to make Angel's bike perform. You know, Eddie and I were, were calling the shots on her bike, trying to make her go, you know, her career best. And didn't quite get there, but we got her her career best speed, got her uh, first Suzuki in the 200 Denso mile per hour club. So, you know, the, the pressure was there. So I was, I was feeling the, the anxiety and uh, just like having my helmet on Sundays. But uh, probably the biggest concern is I was standing in everybody's way all the time because I didn't know what to do up there, not pushing a motorcycle around, not putting a helmet on, just uh, wandering around the starting line. So I had to admit, many of the, the racers I raced against say, hey, get out of my way. I'm trying to roll to the water box or, you know, things like that. So. It was uh, it was weird, but uh, you know, it, it was nice to put a helmet back on yesterday. I gotta admit, I've been doing this for you know nearly 20 seasons now, and uh, I didn't miss it as much as I, you know, I, I, I could say I didn't miss it. But as soon as I put my helmet back on yesterday, fired the bike up in the burnout box, I'm like, this is this is my home. That's where I belong. That's good though. I I think that um, you know, not to compare the two things, but I was not out there in Vegas. And so I'm watching and I'm, I'm learning from home through the screen and different things, but, uh, you know, they, they can't miss you if you're never gone. Uh, that is also true for things that you love. Like you, you'll never miss it if you're never away from it and you got to spend a little time away from it. And so now like how much you love doing what you do all of a sudden is a little more apparent. Um, and you can appreciate it. And I think that's what you're going through, but how about the physical part of it? Hadn't been on a bike in a while. What was that? Yeah. Like? <laughs> well, like I, we talked earlier today about setting up this deal and uh, I was telling you I was sore and I'm still a little bit sore, you know, uh, not having been on a motorcycle in six months, uh, you use different muscles on the bike than you do in a normal workout. You know, I, I work out uh, five times a week usually. And apparently uh, I don't work out those same core muscles as I do when I ride motorcycles. So four runs in a day, I'm, my neck's a little sore, lower back's a little sore. 
Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to tuck into the bike as hard as you can. So you're pulling every muscle in and uh, you kind of you figure out where those muscles are after racing four runs in a day. So, you know, the days of, man, 10 years ago when we'd go testing and make, you know, 11 or 12 runs in a day, those are the days you really felt it. But, uh, you know, four runs after six months off, you feel it. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So a couple of different questions. We don't want to keep you for forever, um, but you got a lot of news like the whole on gel thing and the Suzuki and the 200 mile per hour club. Like that's been a big story bringing on mission foods. They now have pro stock motorcycle shaped uh, chips, tortilla chips. Like that was just a whole great program. A lot of great news at Gainesville and for on to get that accolade. Now there's only two spots left in that Denso 200 mile per hour club. So, you know, you got to try to get in there. That's number one, but number two, you guys are back and you're riding different bikes than she does. Uh, so that's going to kind of, going to be an interesting challenge tuning two different style machines and then three these new bikes that you got so let's work in reverse order with the new combination in our conversation you just referenced earlier you ticked off like five things that are just totally different about these bikes <laughs> like the drive side and this and that and this was not just like sticking the old motors in a different uh body and and send them there was a lot of work that went along with this yeah, trying to get everything to fit with the fuel body, uh, making sure our frame fit without having to modify the the, uh, the carbon fiber, so we're not uh, you know bending any rules with how the body fits. That was the big thing, and uh, lots of grinding, lots of uh, you know extra little cuts here and there. And uh, big biggest thing was getting our airbox to fit, uh, you know, a different engine than what the uh, the other Buells are using with the SNS power. Our Vance Nines power uh, V twin is is now in that that flat power plant. Um, it's going to push that Buell. Obviously, we pushed it to 200 miles per hour yesterday, so we got the airbox sealed up good. Um, they ride really nice. You know, this is a you know nod back to Hector Arana Jr. and his father Hector Arana for developing that body and making it as aero friendly and, and rider friendly as it can be. It's easy to ride. It uh, you can maneuver it down the track wherever you need to, and uh, we'll get back out there and see what we can do uh, stacked up against the rest of the field. You know, testing is always the anomaly. We had a 15 mile an hour tailwind yesterday, so. That was skewing the the speed numbers quite a bit. So once we stack up against the rest of the field, we'll see where we are back half and things. So, um, but you know, Atlanta's looking like pretty good weather. I, I've heard you talking to Steve. He was saying it's going to be good. So you know, it'd be six or seven, eight degrees cooler than what we tested in yesterday in Indy. Uh, looks like maybe maybe a prevailing five to ten mile an hour tailwind. So I got no points this year. So I'll be probably the first motorcycle down the track, and uh, right. hopefully we got big things in store. First guy to see this, not that it matters for you, but uh, for the fans on the side, I, I like it. What say you since we're weighing in? Hey, I like new trees. Uh, when they did, when they debuted the new blue bulbs in Houston in 2010 or something like that, I won that first event. So bring on the new trees. <laughs> bring on the new tree. I like it because it modernizes the sport. It just kind of yeah. defines the eras. And since we were just talking to Steve and you were able to check uh, that, this picture, that's that's Eddie. He pointed it out. It's Eddie. I couldn't tell. But uh, what do you remember from that day, Steve's first uh, win at Atlanta Dragway? And feel free to throw out any other Atlanta memories. What year that, was that, 2012? 2012. Yeah, that's uh, that was a our, our really, really, really good year. I was when Eddie and I were trading wins back and forth and you know, it's cool to see how far Steve's come from uh, winning that race to where he is now. But heck, I remember I met Steve in Dallas Division Four race in 2004. So I drove down there when we were living in Colorado and went to go watch drag racing on the weekend and met him way back when he was driving Super Comp. So it's cool to see how that's come along. And uh, 
you know, this weekend being the last Southern Nationals at Atlanta Dragway, there'll be some uh, sentimental stuff going on. Eddie got his first win there in 2009 with our team. Uh, so it's good for uh, good for us. I think I got the last win when we raced there in 2019. And uh, hopefully we can bookend it and, and keep it going. And heck, maybe we get Angel to win her first race on the Suzuki with us at the last race in Atlanta. We got three chances at it. We just got to get them in the field, man. It's going to be stacked. You got 22 strong motorcycles. Uh, yes. A lot of those people have, yeah, to only two qualifiers, like you said, yeah, and uh, I think uh, more than a dozen of them have one national event, so the the qualifying order is going to be pretty stacked. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. It's funny that you say, you know, you you got to be, uh, you've got to be torn. Like, man, it would be great for Angel to win for Mission and the Sid, but I want to win too. And then there's all of that going on. So talk a little bit about that. You know, the tuning, the different bikes. And that's just going to add an element, a, another element to add to the deal. Yeah, luckily we got really good data with uh, Angela Suzuki right now. It ran obviously phenomenal in Gainesville, and we struggled a little bit in Vegas trying to figure that deal out. Uh, I changed how the fuel injection was run on that motorcycle, and it gave us some different tuning options uh, throughout the weekend. So it just took us three or four runs to get it figured out. We were pretty quick come Sunday. Um, just got to figure out how to get a handle on going that thing, that thing get going straight. So. Atlanta will be f interesting. It's a it's a rider's track. It's it's got its bumps in it. It uh, has some crown from left to right lanes. So you got to make sure that you're getting the job done going straight down the track. So uh, we're gonna see what happens. But uh, Eddie and I we got four runs each yesterday and and got our our rust kicked out of our system. Uh, Eddie Eddie actually had a chance to ride on Joe Suzuki in Bradenton prior to Gainesville, so he was a little more brushed up on it than I was. But getting back on the V-twin, uh, you know, just have to listen to the thing, rev it up, and, and wait for the shift light. So we're excited to get back out there. You know, uh, Mission Food stepped up to help us get out there as well. So we got our Vance and Hines Mission Food fuels ready to go, and we're going to see what the, the future holds. You want to hear a crazy uh, personal story uh, regarding Mission Foods? A, a good yeah, friend absolutely. of mine. Good friend of mine. I just found out totally he does not know anything about drag racing at all. Um, but he has uh, purchased a mission food route and is now like going around uh, delivering here in the, you know, the South Florida area. And I found out very recently uh, from another friend who knows nothing about drag racing. And he's like, yeah, did you know that this guy, he got a, he got a route. Oh, what kind of a route? I don't know. Uh, I was like, is it mission foods? He's like, yeah, it is. How did you know? I go, is I just learned about them through drag racing. And uh, I just think it's great that you were able to bring them in and now they're helping you guys out. Um, you know, thank God for those guys. They seem to seem to like it in Gainesville. They seem to like, yeah. it. They really like it. Yeah. They, they definitely love motorsports in general. Um, Juan Gonzalez, the owner, he's uh, heavily into all kinds of motorcycle stuff and he loves racing period. He, uh, he's driven some race cars himself. And so I think he's uh he's good he's good for the sport. He's doing activation with Angel and uh, and different things around local markets in the area, trying to get drag racing in the front of the uh, the average consumer where they see it on the food aisle. So that's you know everybody's got to go eat, and luckily we got a, a new mainstream sponsor that's that's here uh, that's not racing related, something different to add to the, the NHRA sport, and it's great for us right now. Good job. That that is a good job. Okay, question from some from someone yesterday, and uh, I didn't know the answer. And this is kind of a you know can of worms style question, but during the Harley years, you guys were licensed Harley gear, and so you couldn't like sell to other people because Harley only wanted certain people on the licensed Harley gear. Now that's a different deal. And so the question was yesterday from one of our listeners. Hopefully he's out there today. But these new engines, this new stuff, like the stuff that you've got, all this stuff. 
can people buy this? Are you out there racing so that you can sell these parts to others? Absolutely. We did a press release a couple weeks ago. Uh, NHRA ran it, uh, ran through a bunch of different social media platforms. And this uh, Vance and Hines VH160VT, as it's called, is available to uh, NHRA Pro Stock Motorcycle Racers specifically. Um, if you want to switch from a four-cylinder to a, a Vance and Hines V-Twin, you can do that. Uh, there's different levels of packages that will be available in the future, whether you want it to be a, a builder kit with blank heads and cams and, and uh, pick your own valve train kind of thing. Uh, that'll be available if you, uh, you know, we're going to go down the road in the future of having kind of like we have with our Suzuki program where you have uh, our Suzuki in-house customers that get a race ready running engine. That'll be a, a stepping stone in the future to have uh, basically a ready to turnkey, ready to run engine come out of our shop. So there's just different levels that'll come available to, but it'll be ready to go. That's great. That's great. And, and Corey Reed and Joe, Joey Gladstone, uh, they're, they're, they're taking advantage of one of those programs available at Vance yep. and Hines. Absolutely. They're on the Vance and Hines Suzuki four valve program. So we built those chassis in house, mounted the bodies, uh, had the wiring and harnesses done by uh, one of our, our guys that does a really good job and obviously put our brand new four valves in there. So they got, uh, they got some good bullets behind them. Uh, Joey, I think is going to make his return this weekend after yes, having a little mishap a few weeks ago. What do you think about that? Okay, Joey, Joe, I love Joey Gladstone. Like to me, I I know that Eddie thinks that he is one of the most like talented, raw talent young men. And based on the reaction times he has, uh, the guy's incredible. I think he's going to win a bunch of races. I'm a, you know, I'm not a layman, but I know he wants to get back on the bike as soon as is possible. But at the same time, I heard he took a nasty spill. So, like, what's the right thing in this situation? Whatever the driver wants to do? If he feels comfortable with it and he has the ability to ride the motorcycle as needed, uh, the biggest part is going to be flexibility and, and getting into the tuck position. I know he took an awful, awful amount of road rash from uh, his crash at over 200 miles per hour that he went down on. So, uh, if he's feeling up to it, I'm, I'm all for it. As um, long as he's healed up and it, he's going to find out on the first test on. I guess first qualifying run. If he winces going down the track, he'll know uh, it might have been a little bit too soon. But I'm pretty sure that he uh, he knows his body well. He was a wrestling champion years ago, so he knows uh, how quick he can heal up from certain situations. And he's had broken collarbones and stuff in the past, so he's been through the ringer. He's been down on a few other motorcycles and knew how fast he could get back on one. So if he's feeling comfortable, he's obviously got the natural ability to ride these motorcycles uh, to their to their full extent. And I see no no problem with him coming out there racing with us. That's, that's good. That's good. Well, Joey is a competitor and that's the thing that you got to think about is the competitor, um, you know, is that drive making the right decision, but based on what you just said and the fact that he has, uh, I didn't know he was a wrestling champion. So obviously the grit and determination, who knows, maybe this will end up being a great, uh, a great weekend for him as well. We just don't know, but for everyone, it is going to be the final time we're going to Atlanta dragway for the Southern national. That's, that's sad. But we're gonna we're gonna blow the place up. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have fun. I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you back out there. I'm looking forward to seeing Joey and Eddie and everybody back out there. And we try to just whoever does come to this deal, we try to make them have a uh, an amazing time and remember it forever. Yeah, I'm sure the track walk on Sunday will be pretty uh, uh, memorable. Something really cool. Have uh, Warren Johnson there and and a lot of the greats of sports. So. It'll be pretty awesome. Uh, I'm sure the fans will enjoy it. We got to get out there and, and get past this COVID situation and, and learn how to have fun again. 
Yes, exactly. I, I'm on my way. I just got my second shot the other day. I had about 11 hours of uh, not, uh, you know, let's call it flu-like symptoms, discomfort, but it's amazing how it like just went away and now I'm totally back and I feel great. And so I'm excited to get out there and, and get back to just like loving drag racing and thinking about that first. Um, excited about it. Andrew, thank you for doing this. This was totally out of nowhere. Uh, I appreciate it. Let's get on that uh, board with the 200, though. Do you think that's possible? Like, what what are the conditions weather-wise? Like, there's only two spots remaining. A lot of pressure there. You want to be a part of it. What do you think? Yeah, I think the weather's going to be there. You know, just we don't know what the – I don't know what the, the barometric pressure will be, but usually Atlanta's pretty good. Uh, if we have air correction anywhere in the 105 to 106 range, it just – at that point, it's still going to be a matter of which way the wind's blowing. So, right now, my guys are telling me uh, slight tailwind, so – We'll see. Q1 could be the time. If not, uh, there's other people. Ryan Ayler, uh, Matt Smith's bikes. Obviously, well, he's got three of them in there right now. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're running the fourth one this weekend. But um, there's a lot of good bikes. Uh, Jerry Jerry Savoie is going to have his four valve running out there again. I'm sure. And Karen Stouffer. You know, there's a lot of good bikes. Joey and Corey. There's you never know how it could pop up at any any one time. It could just do that one run where it could be five or six people in there all at once. Well, exactly. And isn't that what has happened traditionally with other clubs? It's like when the door yeah. gets kicked in, then everybody kind of drives through and uh, and we'll end up seeing. So, yeah, good luck yeah, getting that, one of the final two spots. Yeah. yeah, at that point, it could just be how the run order stacks up for the qualifying session. And next thing you know, you're standing there going, hey, I don't even have a spot now. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe it's so, a good thing that you'll be out first. It could be. It might be uh, uh, history or some, some sort of inter intervening force from how it all worked out. I don't know. John Kernan did a good bit with you guys from the test and, and John puts together these packages for NHRA.com and does, does a really good job. I feel like I'm watching like my local news about something, except it's drag racing. He does a great job with it. And you said, uh, you said that Declan is wearing you out. Like the kid is giving you a hard time about not being in the 200 mile per hour club. Like really he's busting your chops. Yeah. He watches the weather just like I do. And, uh, He's been on me for a long time. You know, he's seen Eddie go 200 a few times in testing and throughout the races over the years. And he's just, uh, he wants me to get that last little bit of thing on my resume to, to have that 200 mile per hour ticket. Got one in testing. Just got to get one on uh, the time when it really counts with everybody else there. I got it. I got it. All right, Andrew, it's going to be fun. Let's make it happen this weekend. Thank you for spending some time with us. And I love the idea of the program here. Look, Steve has got a question. Uh, will the purchaser be able to tear apart and make their own modifications to the bikes, the uh, VH160VT? And well, that's one of the packages, right? Like, hey, here yeah. are the parts. Do whatever you think you can do with it. Um, but what about like the one that's your deal? Can they do whatever they want with it? I don't know why that's it matters. That's uh, we're not sure. How, we haven't gone down that road of having the customer engine side done yet. But, uh, you know, right now there's nothing locked on the Suzuki engines. People could get in there and whittle on stuff or do whatever they wanted to now. Just they know that we give them a refined package that's reliable and fast and nobody seems to want to mess with them. So that's what I was thinking. What it is. <laughs> What'd you order from Vance and Hines and then mess it up? Yeah, right? I mean, we've we've given Jerry obviously the power and the resources in the past to go out there and kick our butt. So it's happened in the past. So we wouldn't be any different on that spot front. Spider Man McBride out there says that you're the fast guy. Just... <laughs> hey, Larry, I got a little uh, a little tip from a birdie uh, the other day that uh, we might have to talk. So we'll see what's going on. Oh, oh, is that a good tip or a bad tip? That's I don't know. Maybe, maybe something will brew out of in the future. All right. Good to know. Like all kinds of weird breaking news here on WFO. Thank you very much, Andrew. I'll see you this weekend. Thanks a lot. And uh, good luck on that 200 mile per hour club. Yep. Thanks, Joe.
later. There he goes. Andrew Hines with us here on WFO Radio. A little bonus, right? We had Steve Torrance. So let's see how many champions, the nine championships worth here on WFO today, right? Not counting mine, of course, which then if you add them all together, then that would be nine. And there he is, Spider-Man. Hopefully you know what he's talking about, Larry, because I don't know what he's talking about, but that's fine. I like the idea that racers are communicating with one another. All right, put your comments in the comment section, final comments. I know WFO at a different and weird time, right? Out of nowhere. And that always hurts the audience numbers a little bit, but people will share hopefully and uh, get this out there uh, for the, uh, the, you know, the replay, the on-demand, which is really what it is. Back in the day when we recorded WFO radio, it was never about the initial airing or recording. It's always about on-demand, like after the fact. And hopefully this bounces around the internet, like you're sharing it, copying and pasting our YouTube channel, WFO Radio TV, all of that stuff to get the uh, the whole uh, the whole show out there. But I think I've done a lot of this. Uh, I've done a lot of interviews with both of these guys in particular, Andrew and Steve. Andrew, total like after the test, they were testing yesterday. So he was going to come on with me and Alan, but it didn't work out because they were testing. So he reached out to me today and I'm like, yeah, dude, of course, come on right after Steve. And he came on. We got a lot of information out of Andrew. His kid is uh, giving him trouble, but he's going to go out and try to run 200. It'll be fine. Seeing Steve just melt. That was awesome. Just seeing like, like, here's your dad looking at you. You're looking at your child, all of that stuff. And yeah, I kind of do it on purpose, but not really. It's just a statement of fact. Like, like that's what this sport is, people. That's what it is. You don't accidentally find drag racing. Drag racing is something that is, it's, uh, it's the ultimate family sport. Let's face it. It's expensive. It's hard to do. It's hard to get there. It's hard to be at the track at all. When you're at the track, you're there for days and many hours each day. It takes, uh, you know, it takes a village, but it does. It's a family sport and uh, two great racing families on the show today. And uh, they gave us a lot. So I appreciate it. All right. Put your final comments in the comments section and, I'm going to tell you real quick about a couple of things. Like, all right, here's one, self-serving. The new WFO radio drip, right? I learned about that on the Ignition Show. That gear, or what was formerly known as swag, is now known as drip among the young kids. I don't, I, you know, I haven't talked to any young kids. Giovanni in Miami, my co-host of the Ignition Show, went all into it. And yeah, apparently the new swag is no longer swag, it's drip. Just go with it, people. WFO Radio hats available in the WFO Radio store on WFORadio.com. Check them out, and uh, we'll send you out. And the supplies are limited, but more are coming. And what we're going to do is I think we're going to move the logo over to the side because that's what everybody's doing. That's a very in-fashion thing to do. If you want that or a WFO Radio face covering, go to the store. I know face coverings no longer mandatory outside if you are, uh, you know, if you're vaccinated. But if you're at a drag race, they're mandatory. Like, that's the thing. At the race this weekend, they're going to be mandatory. And I'm going to be wearing one because they're going to be mandatory. Because there's going to be a lot of people. That totally makes sense to me. I don't have problems figuring that one out. All right. Here are the people who make it possible. Speaking of gear, you can get our 10th anniversary t-shirt at nitrofishracing.com. And folks like Frank Hawley. Frank Hawley trained up Tony Stewart. What else do I need to tell you? Frank Hawley, Richard Shoot, and Gary Nastassi have been doing a great job putting out uh, pictures of funny cars on their Facebook pages. I'm trying to share as many as are shareable. And a lot of old school pics of the Chi-Town Hustler. And I think about Frank Hawley back in the day being scared of Austin Coyle 
uh, Coyle telling him that the roll cage is, you know, tack welded on. So don't wreck the car, man, or else like all the experience Frank Hawley has for $399. You get like a half day experience where you make three runs down the track, a half track, two full track passes. But most importantly, you're interacting with Frank Hawley, a genuine legend of our sport all day long. Like, why would you not? Why would you not go to frankholly.com? Total Seal Piston Rings, leader in ring seal technology. It was, was it here? I think it was, but maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. That it was at Atlanta Dragway that I changed the valve spring on Hartford's Pro Stocker. Now, I could be totally wrong, but I think it was. And yeah, this thing, it's still, I still can't squeeze it, but Total Seal doing a great job with their social media. They're doing, they've got a Facebook group. They've got a Facebook page. They want the average, like you guys are here to just for entertainment, right? But some of you are bracket racers and some of you are engine builders. And some of you have friends who are both of those things. And so when the subject comes up, piston rings, total seal, simple as that piston rings, total seal, the level of technology that they have that they are using. There's a reason why they're fitting rings for stock, super stock, pro stock, all the way up and down the ranks in all forms of motorsports, cup series, formula one. They are. Um, and what's great is that they are actively participating in NHRA drag racing with Matt Hartford, who once they get uh, their full team back, I expect them to win some races. Like I got Hartford down for two this year, but we'll see totalseal.com samtech.edu be a couple weeks. We'll be down there in Houston, Texas. They've had some race winners this year already. Start your education at full speed. It's a certain type of person that wants to become a machinist or an engine builder or a crew member or an EFI tuner. It's got to be an alpha. Go get her. Samtech.edu. And Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. 817-924-6821. This is if you love coffee, like I do, and you need coffee, like I do. Give Marvin a call. And uh, get on the program, you know, tell them the old, you know, send me what Joe's got and he'll be in an interesting situation. Plus, we've got WFO radio face coverings, 10 bucks. I throw in some stickers. I throw in a patch. I throw in whatever else is uh, sitting around. And uh, that's that. Plus, we've got our Patreon VIP listener club. Thank you to all you new Patreons out there who are supporting the show directly with a monthly membership or now the yearly membership. We now have a yearly membership. Thanks to Monica. It was all her idea. Thank you so much. Monica. Yeah. Thinking about Steve and thinking about this picture, but I don't want to, you know, Don Schumacher is Don Schumacher and they are still absolutely in the fight with Antron Brown. And if it's going to be like one of the team, like who's going to be the team that knocks the Capco team off the top, Whoever that team is, there will be a place in history for them. But who are they? And we don't know. And is it going to be Don? We don't know. Is it going to be Force? We don't know. And that's what's exciting. Or will it be someone inside the team? Will it be this guy? The birthday boy, Billy. And you know, Steve, I tried to like throw a softball at him. Like, no, nah, your dad doesn't need to be embarrassed about making him. No, no, he, no, he does. He needs to be embarrassed. Yes. Sorry, Billy. But hey, as much as we softball, we got to ask some tough questions too. We got to ask the questions that people want to know. And that's one. All right, here's final question. Let's see what everybody's got to say. Let's see. 
don't forget your four touchdowns in one game. Polk High, four touchdowns in one game. Everybody's got that. Al Bundy reference. Love it. Mark says, I like this time better during my lunch hour. Yeah, I'm always up for our numbers. I can tell you the numbers, the live numbers. This is the first time we're doing 2 p.m. Wednesday. I try to stay off of everybody else's broadcast as best as I can as we've gone live. Uh, we used to assemble the show and then post it. That was never a challenge. Now that we've decided to go live, it's kind of difficult to stay off of everybody else's broadcast. I don't know if they think about staying off of my broadcast, but I definitely try really hard to stay off of everybody else's broadcast because there's no point in it, right? Let's mix it up. We've got enough shows and content out there to keep everybody going. You could be watching NHRA stuff all day. I spent this morning watching Slate Cummings talk about, what was it? TED? Total equipment destruction. Slate had a crash. He's taking you around the shop. He's showing everything that he has destroyed and blown up this year that they don't even have a pair of one. They don't have one functioning pair of reading glasses between the Bayou boys team. They had it. It was awesome. So there's a lot of content out there. I like to try to stay off of everybody else as best as I can. But today, Steve wanted to do two o'clock. And so that's it. Steve wants two. we do two. I like four, but maybe four is not the right time. You can always email me with your thoughts, joe at wforadio.com. Do you have an idea for the show? Do you have an idea that will make the show better? People like it more other than Joe, you don't be on the show, which that's the only one I can't accommodate, but I'm up for hearing it. Open lines of communication, joe at wforadio.com. Send them. Okay, let's see. Uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff's real into the Hidden Horsepower podcast. I can tell you that. Good job, Jeff. Um, all the engine builders out there. Glad my watch gave me a notification of your show being on. And that's the, the reason why you have to enable notifications because every once in a while, we're going to do something. Like, this was a great show. I mean, I liked it. See you in Atlanta. Okay, so Andrew Hines mentioned the track walk, guys. Here's the deal. Track walk is very limited. 250 people. You know why. 250 people. They're going to do a, uh, a driver Q&A. And if you go on the track walk, you're getting drip. You're getting a Warren Johnson helmet. You're getting a commemorative poster. And a uh, 100 of the spots, as of two days ago, had already been sold. It's a limited deal. So can the WFO audience please be the ones that buy up this deal? It's $50 to walk the track. Is that a lot? Is it a little? On the surface... You know, 50 bucks for a track walk. Yeah, but you're getting it. It, it, it does seem like to the high end. I, I give you that. But it's the final time ever. It's extremely limited capacity due to capacity due to outside influences that are not under our control. And they are giving you a great experience on the track. walk. They're giving you a chance to be with some NHRA legends. They're giving you uh, a little Warren Johnson helmet collectible. They're giving you a collectible poster for the final time. And most importantly, you will not have to lie and say that you're on the track wall. Because I know everybody's just going to lie. Everybody, there's a guy in Wisconsin right now, Sheboygan. Lenny is in Sheboygan right now. And he's like, five years, he'll be telling everybody he was at the final Southern Nationals. Oh, yeah, I was there. I was on the track walk, but he'll be lying. Who's going to have the real dope, the selfie next to the new tree in front of the classic Atlanta dragway? Like, who's going to have that? You know, sometimes it's worth it. I asked my kiddo that the word drip and he said, yes, it's a word. See, you'll have to listen to the ignition show for my analysis of this. 
I feel like it is inappropriate for the WFO NHRA Nitro audience, which is a different kind of show. But my experience with that word growing up was negative. The kids call it merch. It's merch. Merch is true. But listen, this is all new to me, guys. Listen to Ignition. Getting my first vaccine shot next week. Way to go, Dujanae. Way to go. My new drip is waiting in my mailbox. Exactly. See, it. the kids aren't always right, people. Everybody wants to come up with their own lingo. Everybody wants to have their own new word. We can't just, whatever it is that you came up with, old people, it's no longer cool, even if it is cool, because it can't be cool because you're old. That's how it works. Kids could have the coolest parents in the world, but to, to them, their parents are not cool, even if they are cool. And the things that they said, the words, the lingo, if it's old people's stuff, it can't possibly be cool. So the kids are constantly thinking they got to come up with new stuff. And in this case, I think they've maybe missed the mark. But the good news is they'll have to defend it to their own kids. Yeah, dad, remember when you called that stuff drip? Uh, I was reading. And uh, uh, what's uh, cheers, says Alberta. Thank you. Should I, uh, what should I, anything I should expect? Uh, depends on the brand. I can only speak for Moderna. I had a couple of days of congestion from my first shot. I felt like I had bad allergies. Everybody that had bad allergies near me uh, had bad allergies. So I don't know if it was anything caused by the shot. I can tell you that the second shot, my arm hurt worse, but it was totally manageable. Anyone who can't handle that is weak and in many ways, pathetic. Uh, sorry, it's true. It was really nothing. Then about, I don't know, 14 hours after, 12 hours after the shot, I did start to get some flu-like symptoms, chills and feelings, uh, maybe even a feeling of a slight fever. That lasted about 12 hours from the middle of the ignition show, which I reference. I'm starting to feel some stuff till 11.30 a.m. the next morning. And then I did the show with Alan Reinhardt yesterday and I felt fine. So, you know, my vaccine experience is totally documented. You can hear me on the air. I worked right through it. But that's only Moderna. I have no idea about any of the other ones. And all you people who hate me now, like vile poison, because I dare discuss my vaccine experience with a listener who wanted to know, you got problems, y'all. You got problems. I know you don't care, but... Do you think that there will be a new way? Do you think that will be the new way of the track walk? No, I don't. I think that the old way of the track walk is going to be the way of the track walk once we get back to full capacity and full normalcy, which is why getting back to full capacity and full normalcy is my priority. And how do we achieve that? Huh? I don't know. Too bad. Too bad we don't know how to get back to full capacity and total normalcy. Too bad it is unknown because if there was a way, a mysterious way, how to get back to full capacity and total normalcy so I can go out there and be chest to chest with people at the track walk and putting mics in faces, uh, I would love to know what it is because that would be really good. Too bad we don't know what it is. Let's see. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Steve and I are obviously of the same era. 
will you have any WFO gear in Atlanta? I believe that the Nitro Fish trailer will be there. And if it is, I think that there are WFO radio t-shirts on the Nitro Fish trailer. That's what I got. But it is the 10th anniversary t-shirt. These are these are things that I'm doing locally because uh, I've been pressured and told that I've been failing. And they're right. Stu Sue Morris and others, uh, the diehard Patreons, they made this happen, just so you know, the Patreons. Because they've just been telling me, we need hats, we need hats, we want to make, they're making their own stuff, people. They're making it themselves. So I realized that, uh, yeah, there was an aspect of uh, failure to my game. And so I went out and had these made locally, my friends at Shirts Are Us. And uh, so hats won't be at the trailer. But the 10th anniversary t-shirt, which is a really cool thing, uh, that will be I believe. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Dujanay, the one I'm getting, Moderna. Yeah, well then, then you should be good. Madeline. What's up, Maddie? This is Maddie. Hi, Maddie. How are you? Yeah, can't wait till the Harleys are back out there. Thank you for watching our show. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being a super fan. Uh, us old guys remember when you had to take the meds for the drip. Everybody is getting my drip. You get it, right? Everybody gets it. Or the people that don't get it, that's fine too. Please. The kids these days with their lingo and their music. You need a race crew style shirt. Monica, you said I need a yearly membership to the Patreon club too. I don't, I don't know. Now we've, you know what, Monica? We've got it already. The Giovanni in Miami will be debuting it sometime soon. And then when he does, you will see. You will see. We got it all covered. All right, everybody. That's it. We're done for the week here on WFO Radio because tomorrow is, uh, you know, Thursday. Get ready for travel. And then Friday morning, I'm out super early to head to the ATL. From the MIA to the ATL. And be heading out to the track. Of course, two sessions of qualifying on uh, Saturday. And we're going. And Southern Nationals, the final one. If you're a fan of drag racing, like, why would you not? Why would you not try to take part in this historic final event? Now, it is not the final drag race at Atlanta Dragway. It is the final Southern Nationals at Atlanta Dragway. They're going to complete their season schedule. There's a lot of bracket racing. There's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know that exact schedule. You should go to the website to find out more information. But the final Southern Nationals at Atlanta Dragway, wherever you are, you need to try to come out. And be a part of it. Oh, look. She sensed the pressure. I will be a Patreon by saying you don't have to. That's the thing about Patreons, guys. It's only totally voluntary. Totally voluntary. We love all of our listeners equally. All right. I think this has been a pretty good week with Alan Reinhardt, Steve Torrance, and Andrew Hines. Even though it was a short week, you can certainly go into the archive and find Ron Caps, a great interview. Erica Enders, of course. Bob Tasca. Did you see the Bob Tasca Joey Logano video? I got a little mini beef with uh, Bob Tasca, but it's just tiny. He obliterated Joey on the drag strip, but Joey was driving a really cool Mustang Mach E. But Joey wanted to drive Bob's drag car. You could see he wanted to get in there. I hope he did get an opportunity to drive that. Uh, also, tonight, 7 p.m., Tony Stewart's YouTube. What's he going to be driving? Is it going to be a top fuel car? I think that's worth watching. Kind of cool. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Really appreciate all of you. If you're going to be in Atlanta, I'll see you there. Super stoked about that. In the meantime, hit the archive. 
Thank you so much, WF.